Now, Christmas is a very special time of the year. It's one of the only times when you think about it that we kind of get excited about singing, right? There's not a lot of other holidays or times of the year where we do that. And Christmas carols hold a very special place in many of our hearts. They bring back memories and we can, uh, they almost are like a time machine. They can take us places and help us to feel things. Now, some of these songs are silly and some of them are sappy, but some of these Christmas carols are scriptural. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the scripture behind some of our favorite Christmas carols. And a series by Craig Groeschel helped me a lot as I began studying this out and working through this series. So the carol that we're going to talk about today, Lisa already brought it up, it's for many their all-time favorites. It's especially special for those of us here at Clarksburg Baptist Church, and that is the song, O Holy Night. So let me give you some context of the history behind this song. Uh, The song, O Holy Night, was actually written in the mid 18. Uh, hundreds, about 1850 or so. And it was written in a small town in France. So what happened is there was a parish priest, this neighborhood priest that asked a local man who was a merchant and a poet, if he would write a poem uh, uh, founded on Luke chapter two. And his name was Placid Capo. But the interesting thing is, is Placid was not only not a Christian, But he also was kind of known as a troublemaker. And he was very far from God. He didn't go to church, but he was a good poet. So the priest asked him to write this poem, and he did. And he loved it so much. He got so excited about this poem that he asked his friend, who was also not a Christian, to put that poem to music. And this song became so popular that churches all around began to play it. Until a few years into it, when everyone realized who wrote the song... And who did the music? And the Catholic Church tried to get everyone to stop playing it. But at that point, it was too late. It was already so popular, and it continues to be to this day. There's another interesting fact about the song, Oh Holy Night. Five decades later, about 1906, Reginald Fessenden was a 33-year-old Canadian professor who did what many people thought was impossible. He took a machine that he built, and he plugged a microphone into it, and he broadcast the very first AM radio broadcast in the history of the world on Christmas Eve in 1906. He turned to Luke chapter 2, and he spoke into that microphone, and he read the Christmas story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be registered. Then he took his violin And he played into the microphone the first song broadcast across airwaves in the history of the world, which was O Holy Night. You know the words? O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angels' voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born. When we look at the nativity set that we might have on our kitchen table, we think about that very first Christmas. 
But I don't know about you. When I think about Christmas with, Christmas with my family, I rarely think about a picturesque and serene scene of characters sitting around in a quiet circle. Things are loud and things are fun and things are chaotic. And I'm not sure what that very first Christmas was like. I do know this, the day was characterized by a long and uncomfortable journey. There were birthing pangs, a rejection by a hotel owner. Plans were uh, off the rails. There was a barn. There was the sounds and smells of farm animals. And then the cry of the Savior of the world. I'm sure this wasn't the birthing experience that Mary was looking forward to. But even in the chaos, that night was still holy. And what happened that night changed everything, past and future. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Oh, holy night. Lisa just talked about it just a second ago. And the same part of the song that stuck out to her is what sticks out to me. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. How many of y'all are tired? You can be honest. You can raise your hand. You all tired? Come on, I'm trying my best, all right? Jeez. Hey, but more important than just deprived of sleep, many of us are exhausted We have had constant bad news for what seems like 10 years. There's sickness and political scandal and social unrest and people being abused, the economy in flux. It's enough to wear you out. But see, Jesus makes a habit of breaking onto the scene into a weary world by bringing a thrill of hope. This world's been weary for a long time. Ever since sin broke it and brought pain and guilt and shame and death into the world, creation itself groans under the weight of sin. It tells us that in Romans 8.20. It says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not by its own will, but because of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until the present time. See, that night, creation itself was waiting for a thrill of hope that can only be found in Jesus Why? Because Jesus is our only chance at real redemption and change. And not just in our present life, but as he ushers in his glorious kingdom in the future and makes all things new, a new heaven and a new earth that no longer groan like an old man getting out of a lazy boy. Or a 36-year-old man getting out of a lazy boy. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and a glorious morn. That first Christmas was something that every person that has ever lived has been waiting for, whether they know it or not. When each person has that longing for something more, that emptiness inside them that can never be satisfied, that is their heart and soul longing for a Savior which is Christ the Lord. 
The people of Israel had been waiting 2,000 years ago for this hope. They've been waiting since the beginning. And in fact, they waited so long that they had given up quite a few times. But this was it. This was the answer. Dropped in a feeding trough in a little town of Bethlehem, a baby that changed everything. And that holy night led to a glorious morning. Jeremiah the prophet looks for this glorious morning back in that time of waiting. In the middle of a weary world in a book called Lamentations. You can turn there if you want. In Lamentations chapter 3, we'll be here for a minute. Jeremiah says this, and and try and uh, picture yourself in this situation, or maybe you're even in this situation. Jeremiah says this, he says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Jeremiah is saying, things are hard, and I'm tired. Yet this, I call to my mind, he says, and therefore I have hope. Jeremiah says, I am tired. And he says, I am weary and my soul is downcast. But yet this, I call to my mind and therefore I have hope. He says, in this weary world, there's a thrill of hope. And why? He says next, because of the Lord's great love We are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. There's a new morning on the other side of our struggles. There is hope that is found in Jesus. God's compassion never fails. His compassion didn't wear out on the hill of Calvary, and it won't fail on his child today. Great is his faithfulness. See, that holy night brought a new day. And this morning, you might feel like you're in the middle of chaos and weariness. But an encounter with Jesus can bring you a thrill of hope and a glorious new morning. And you might even be saying to yourself, I know this though, like I understand this, but I'm still in it. And I know this, but things are still hard. And sometimes you have to do what Jeremiah just did. And you have to preach to your own heart. My soul is cast down. But I will bring the truths of God that I know back to my mind. And because I do this, I will preach to myself. And because I do that, I have hope. God's great love for me never fails. His compassion for me never fails. But even if it did, his compassion is new every morning. He has a great amount of faithfulness. Jeremiah goes on in Lamentations chapter 3 to continue to preach to himself. I like this part. He He says, I say to myself, self, right? The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Jeremiah's preaching to his own heart. He knows these things are true, but it's still hard to believe them. He knows that uh, God is faithful, but things are still hard around him, and he is struggling to continue to have hope, so he preaches to his own heart. 
And he says, the Lord is my portion, and therefore I will wait for him. Craig Groeschel says this about this passage. He says, the Lord is my portion. What does that mean? Well, it could mean a many number of different things. Some scholars believe that it's likely referring back to a time when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and God would provide them their daily portion of heavenly manna. And every day they would awake and God would give them exactly enough food for that day. And if they ever tried to hoard the food or hold on uh, for the next day, that food wouldn't last. It would rot and spoil. And God was trying to teach them that they needed him every single day. And just like in the New Testament, when Jesus taught us to pray, when he said, give me today my what? Daily bread, right? My daily bread because I need him every single day. And I call this to my mind and I say to myself, the Lord is my daily portion. He is exactly what I need. And the good news is, is that God is already in tomorrow and he has everything that you need for tomorrow and whatever it brings, he is absolutely already there. No matter what is waiting for you tomorrow, God can turn your weary world into a thrill of hope and a glorious new morning. Maybe you messed up a relationship and what you need is a new morning. Preach to yourself his love, that his love never fails, and it's new every morning. And he wants to provide you that daily bread and go to him and have hope for a change. When talking to Christians and talking about relationships, you hear a lot of times where people have given up on that, right? Well, that relationship's broken. All right, yeah, we don't get along. Don't you know the gospel? Don't you know the gospel is that there was something between me and God and God made a way for me to get to him and that we ought to have that same hope for every single relationship in our lives? There are no relationships that are broken that are past fixing. Speak the gospel to your own heart. Maybe you're struggling with Sexual sin and what you need is Christ to come into a weary world of guilt and shame and bring a glorious new morning. Whatever your struggle is today, hope that is found in Jesus can bring you a new day. Next, Jeremiah says this. He's preaching it to his own heart in verse 25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him, And it's good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. God is good to those who wait and put their hopes in Him. And maybe you're struggling today with hopelessness and anxiety and depression. And it may even be a situation that you need to talk to your doctor about. But either way, you must hold on to the hope that Jesus can provide for you a new morning. Don't give up on that hope. Wait for it. you got to preach to your own heart. God wants to bring you that help that you are seeking. I can't tell you when Jesus is going to come a second time and finally make all things new for good. I can't tell you when he's going to step into your situation in your life and bring a new morning. But I can promise you that he is there for you and that 
day will come. Romans 13, 11 says, besides this, you know the time and the hour has come for you to awake from sleep for salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is far gone and the day is at hand. I can't tell you exactly when all this is going to happen, but I do know that the day is closer now than it has ever been before. The second verse of this carol, O Holy Night, was used as an anthem for slaves and abolitionists. It gave them hope for a new day. Even while they toiled and struggled, it says this, Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And in his, in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. The day of the Lord shall come, and he will break through the night and set all things right. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we can take part in that process today. And we can take our neighborhood and our spheres of influence and begin to act out heaven on this earth and be the Jesus that people need to see. He will break through the night and set all things right. His kingdom come. And one day we'll see that come to a glorious conclusion. So wake up out of your sleep and your weariness. Your salvation is nearer today than it has ever been before. So have hope. And let's dwell on those words found in Luke chapter 2. This song called, O Holy Night, let it sink into our hearts. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. O oh, night divine, O oh, night when Christ was born. I don't know what has you weary today. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's thinking about spending money on Christmas presents right now, and that leaves you feeling exhausted. Maybe it's a relationship that left you feeling sick and tired. Maybe what's got you exhausted and weary today is fighting your own sin, and you're ready just to give in. Maybe it's constant anxiety and stress and fear. You're not alone. All creation groans for God to make all things new. But this morning, you must preach to your own heart, even if it's downcast. Bring the truths that you know about God back to your mind. Preach to yourself and have hope. God's great love never runs out. His compassions never fail. But even if his compassions did, the Bible tells us it's new every morning. He has a great amount of faithfulness. And no matter what's waiting for you tomorrow, God can turn your weary world into a thrill of hope and a glorious new morning. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. 
as we enter into this time of meditation, time of searching our hearts, On that holy night, Jesus brought a thrill of hope and a new and a glorious morning for all of us. If you're already a Jesus follower, he has the power to break through your problems today. Or he has the power to break through your outlook and to bring joy where there is weariness. Call out for his help right now. Whatever is uh, coming up to your mind right now, Trust God and have hope in that situation. I can't tell you when it's going to come and that new morning's going to dawn, but I can tell you that Christ is with you. And he wants to bring you that thrill of hope. Maybe today you haven't made the decision to become a follower of Jesus yet. You know, he didn't stay a baby, right? That holy night actually led to a good Friday and then to an Easter morning. Baby Jesus grew up. He rocked the world with his teaching. Then he innocently was killed on the cross, bearing the sins of the world. And on day three, he raised up from the grave, conquering death forever. You can put your faith and trust in him today. You could call out to him right now, asking forgiveness for your sin. Putting all your faith in not your good works, but in what Christ did on the cross. Because there's no way you can work your way to heaven. There's no church membership or baptism or anything else other than the blood of Jesus Christ that covers our sin. See, God in the flesh came and walked among us 2,000 years ago. 100% God and 100% man. His name was Jesus. And he laid down on a cross for us. An innocent person died for all of us guilty people. And that is where our hope comes from. If that's you this morning and you haven't made that choice yet, you could call out today right now. You can accept the hope and the gift that started on Christmas. Dear Jesus, we love you. I pray as we continue to worship you you be honored and pleased in all we do. God, thank you for this thrill of hope, God. I pray for those that are weary this morning, those that are exhausted, those that are uh, at their wit's end, and they're holding on to their last rope. God, I pray that you would, God, just bring that hope to them this morning. In your name we pray.